0: January 25th, our reading in the New Testament today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 13, and we'll continue on through chapter 17, verse 9. The crowd is confused about Jesus. Do not follow it. Instead, let the Father reveal the Savior to you, and confess Him before others. He is the Son of God. We'll read about discipleship. In his misguided attempt to keep Jesus from suffering and dying, Peter the stone became Peter the stumbling block. Confessing Christ might lead to following Christ. The world encourages you to pamper yourself, but the Lord calls you to deny yourself. The only way to live is to die to self and follow Christ by faith. Listen to the King. This event was a picture of the coming kingdom and a proof that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of the living God. The law by Moses and the prophets Elijah all converge in Him. But the thing Peter remembered most was the emphasis on the unchanging Word of God. The memory of visions will fade, but the Word endures forever. So let's listen to the Word as we read now in the New Testament. January 25th, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, through chapter 17, verse 9. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then He asked them, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you lock on earth will be locked in heaven, and whatever you open on earth will be opened in heaven. Then he sternly warned them not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that he had to go to Jerusalem And he told them what would happen to him there. He would suffer at the hands of the leaders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, and he would be raised on the third day. But Peter took him aside and corrected him. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, and not from God's. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. And how do you benefit? If you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process, is anything worth more than your soul? For I, the Son of Man, will come in the glory of my Father with his angels and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I assure you that some of you standing here right now will not die before you see me, the Son of Man, coming in my kingdom. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance changed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothing became dazzling white. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter blurted out, Lord, this is wonderful. If you want me to... I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he said it, a bright cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, and I am fully pleased with him. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said, Don't be afraid. And when they looked, they saw only Jesus with them. As they descended the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until I, the Son of Man, have been raised from the dead. This week's Bible Meditation,
1: 2 Corinthians 7.10 Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow
0: brings death.
1: you can't put Jesus Christ on a shelf with all the other prophets and wise sages and religious leaders. He will not stay on that shelf. He sh- he's either way above them or way below them because of the nature of his claims. What do I mean? Go, you, you, when you read the gospels accounts of Jesus, it's just astounding. Not so much the direct claims, sometimes the indirect things that most hit me. You know, there's a place in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus is talking to his disciples about demon possession, and they were talking about people they saw who had demons, and he's talking about demons, and suddenly Jesus, this is in Luke 10, suddenly Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. What? You know, he's having this conversation with his disciples, he says, yeah, I was there before the creation of the material universe, and I saw Lucifer go bad, what a sight. Matthew 23 it goes on it's almost an offhanded comment in Matthew chapter 23 verse 34 Jesus says I keep sending you prophets, wise men and teachers what? notice he doesn't say God ha- I am a great wise man, I am a teacher I am a great prophet and God has sent me no, he says I am the force behind the universe that's been sending all the prophets and the wise men and the teachers and the religious leaders what? You read any of the prophets in the Bible, read Isaiah, Jeremiah, any of the prophets, and they're always saying, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. This is not my idea, they say, thus saith the Lord. Jesus never stoops as low as to say that. Do you realize that? Never does Jesus say, thus saith the Lord. Never. All he ever says is, truly, truly, I say unto you. Jesus Christ's consciousness Of being the transcendent uncreated the transcendent uncreated beginningless God of the universe it permeates everything he says it's behind everything he does it's on every page such that you can't extricate his teaching about love or ethics as you know from it anyway because everything he teaches is based on that self-understanding and what does that mean he can't be on the shelf he's either way above them or way below them. Uh, uh, N.T. Wright put it this way very well, he says, how can you live with a terrifying thought that the hurricane has become human, that the fire has become flesh, that life, capital L itself has walked into our midst? Christianity either means that or it means nothing. It is the most devastating disclosure of the deepest reality in the world or it is a sham, a total nonsense. Most people, unable to cope with saying either of those two things are condemned to live in the shallow world in between. And that's exactly right. Most people cannot cope with saying either of those two things and yet those are the only two things that you can say if you have even a shred of intellectual, spiritual, moral or emotional integrity. Why? When you read the Bible and you read, his, read Jesus' sayings, read Jesus' words, read Jesus' deeds, when you see that... How can you call that wicked a sham? I mean, it's too nice, but you see, if it's true, then you have got to throw everything in your life down at his feet and say, command me. See, either it is a sham, either he is wicked, either he is a lunatic or else, every particular of your life has to revolve around him. And there is nothing in the middle. There is no other position with regard to him that has any integrity at all. And almost nobody can cope with either of the only positions that have integrity. Uh, most of us are right in the middle. And as N.T. Wright says, what a shallow place to be.
0: Psalm 21, verses 1 through 13. If Psalm 20 is a prayer before the battle, Psalm 21 is the praise after the victory. You know, too often we forget to praise God when He answers prayer and gives us what we requested. We'll read about God and the king. God gave David strength to win the battle and then gave him honor and majesty from the victory. Before the battle, David asked God to spare his life and God gave him his request. God responded to David's faith by protecting him and David responded to God's blessings by praising him. David rejoiced in God's strength and salvation and in his presence with him. We'll read about God and the enemy. These were the enemies of God because they wanted to destroy His people Israel. David fought the Lord's battles, and the Lord gave victory. God kept His promise to Abraham. And we'll read about God and the nation. Now the whole congregation praises the Lord. Individual praise in private is important. But we should share the joy with others... And let them praise God with us. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 21, verses 1 through 13. For the choir director, a psalm of David. How the king rejoices in your strength, O Lord! He shouts with joy because of your victory, for you have given him his heart's desire. You have held back nothing that he requested. You welcomed him back with success and prosperity. You placed a crown of finest gold on his head. He asked you to preserve his life, and you have granted his request. The days of his life stretch on forever. Your victory brings him great honor, and you have clothed him with splendor and majesty. You have endowed him with eternal blessings. You have given him the joy of being in your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. The unfailing love of the Most High will keep him from stumbling. You will capture all your enemies. Your strong right hand will seize all those who hate you. You will destroy them as in a flaming furnace when you appear. The Lord will consume them in His anger. Fire will devour them. You will wipe their children from the face of the earth. They will never have descendants. Although they plot against you, their evil schemes will never succeed. They will turn and run when they see your arrows aimed at them. We praise you, Lord, for all your glorious power. With music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. Proverbs 5, verses 1 through 6. My son, Pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will learn to be discreet and will store up knowledge. The lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But the result is as bitter as poison, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave where she does not care about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't even realize where it leads.